Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show on, on Marriage Helper Facebook Live. So glad to have you a part of it. I'm Kimberly Holmes. I'm the co-host, one of your co-hosts today on today's show. You'll notice that I don't have the deep voice like the man usually sitting here or the beautiful gray hair. Neither of the, I, actually, I do have some gray hair. You just probably can't see it in the camera. Yeah, I would pretty much take any of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you don't have <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, you have here. some hair. No, yeah. it's good. I'm joined today by Jim Porto. He's our director of operations here at Marriage Helper. I'm glad to have you on board. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here today. Yeah. So Joe is out on vacation in Montana for his 50th wedding anniversary honeymoon, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't make any more comments past that. <laughs> but 50 years, so not powerful. We had a great weekend with uh, Joe and Alice and a bunch of people celebrating their um, their 50 years being together. And uh, it's wild. You know, I'm 51, so I think, wow, they got married when I was one year old. Isn't that weird? It's it's weird for me. You weren't even born then. I was not born yet. And even looking back at just the eight years of my own marriage, I'm like, 50 is a long, long time. time. <laughs> it was long. nice watching them interact, though. It they was. got to have a first dance together. I thought it was yeah. really neat. Because they didn't at their first wedding. Yeah. They didn't get to dance at all. Yeah, so it was really cool to be a part of that. Of course, then we came out of a workshop this weekend. Yeah, how'd that uh, go? And it, was, it was just amazing to watch some right. folks come in. Uh, you know, uh, we all um, have unique things that happen in our life. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I love about our workshop is as people come in together, they realize they're not alone. Yes. And so many times we feel like we're alone in what we do, the problems mm -hmm. we face, the circumstances and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a really powerful um, understanding to realize, yeah, we're all messed up a little bit. Yeah. Every one of us are. Yeah. And to be able to get apart. Now, we don't stay there because this workshop is so powerful. We get to give them some some incredible tools to do whatever they want to do mm -hmm. um, to recreate a relationship that's powerful with love, like and respect in it. And uh, we saw that happen this weekend quite a bit. It's awesome. We get to see it every time we do a workshop, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it, it really just never fails that when you see those changes happen, it never stops being amazing. No, it's, it's a fresh weekend for me, you awesome. know, and I do 20 of these or so yeah, a year you do a lot of them. and, uh, and it's never boring. Mm -hmm. It's never mundane. Yeah. It's fresh to watch these people come in and, uh, and just really see their relationships impacted. And of course we know mm -hmm. it's not just impacting those two people, right. but it's impacting entire families and, and even generations that are going to be to come. So it's great to be a part of, of, of this organization and to kind of follow in the steps of what Joe and Alice laid before us. Absolutely. It's powerful. It is. It is powerful. Well, we're going to start getting to some callers. Our first mm -hmm. caller we have today is Travis from Canada. Travis, can you hear us? Okay. Travis, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hey, Travis. How are you today? Oh, not bad yourself. Doing pretty good. How can we help you? Yes, I got a question here. I've been uh, with my wife here for nine years, and we've been married for six years. In the past three months, we've been separated. And uh, in the separation, she wanted a divorce, and she's been keeping the kids away from me and all this, right? And then two months passed by. I found out she had, like, 
an emotional affair with somebody else. I found out, and then I, yeah, I was pretty choked about it, and then I did the same thing, right? And then she found out. Mm. And then after she found out, like, she wanted me to go back home and to work this out, and it was, like, the whole relationship thing was good for the first week until I had to go back to work. And the first day I went back to work, like, everything went downhill again, right? Like, she hated me, and I went like that for the past month now. Like, she loves me, and she wants to leave, but she wants to make it work. And just, like, I'm not too sure if it's games or not. Mm. And so are yeah, both I'm affairs sure what... are both affairs over? Yes. Yes, they are. I was only talking to the person for like a week, right? But that was it. And then gotcha. I stopped that. And she stopped it also, right? Gotcha. And you are living in the same house now or you're separated? No. No, we're not. We've been separated. But she keeps telling me she wants to make it work, and the next day she doesn't want to make it work, right? So it, um, it's making me confused. Like, should I keep – yeah, I'm just confused about it. And yeah, you I know, don't know what to do. Well, Travis, I, the, the, what you just described there is not an uncommon thing that I hear when I'm working with clients or speaking with people, and, and they call it vacillation. Basically, it's when a – uh, either a day or it could be a week or whatever, a definable period of time where someone comes in and they say, this is what I want now. Um, and then later they change that. Um, I, I, earlier you said, I don't know if it's a game or not. I, uh, typically, in my opinion, people don't play a game that way. Uh, what happens is based on events, based on circumstances that come across folks' folks' life, they make adjustments. For instance, I had a good day today. We've been communicating well. Things are going good. And then all of a sudden I go, you know what? Maybe we can make this work. And, and in, in, the, in the big part of what that is, we call it vision. Because things are working, I have a clearer vision of what this could be. Well, another event happens. Maybe we don't get along, misunderstand each other, frustration comes in. Uh, maybe the event happens in our mind. And what I mean by that is we remember things that have happened in the past, failures or fears step in. And then all of a sudden, because of that event, we go, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. That's probably one of the most common things that people go through. One of the things I would encourage you to do, and and if you have any influence in regards to your wife, is, is I recommend you not to evaluate the relationship daily. And, and, you know, daily may be loose, maybe every three or four days. Resist looking at how today is. In other words, if she says today, um, you know, I'm really happy. Let's do this. Okay, that's great. Then stay positive in it. But then tomorrow she says, I don't. Well, you know what? It's just another day. Or if she says, I don't want to do it, and then you get negative on it. Um, just let it go for a minute and you evaluate the relationship over a period of time, maybe uh, a month, three weeks, something like that. And you look at the totality of interactions. Okay. And a lot of times the, um, the, the, the actions or behavior of the person actually contradict what they're saying. So the person may say, you know, I don't know if I want to do this, but they're still talking to you and you're still getting along and you're doing things like that. And yes, you may have an event that's difficult, but most of the time um, you're getting along. Then you evaluate it and go, yep, I had three days that were bad, but overall, this was a good month. And that's the better way to evaluate these type things. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself on this roller coaster situation. You say, mm-hmm. well, what's the problem with that? That's a great question. Here's the problem with that. Whatever the, the way that we think 
ultimately determines our behavior. And so if each day you are judging yourself based on whether she's positive or negative, you are going to react, whether you've been aware of it, in contrast to that. So if she says she's positive today, you're going to feel positive. But if she's negative, you're going to be negative. And what you have is a kind of mirror action happening with both of you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Travis? Well, I'm going to assume it does. Um, but so the key in this is you want to go ahead and make sure that you're not evaluating um, a daily type evaluation, but you're looking over the totality of things. The second thing I would offer on that is make sure that you are um, observe, you're observing the actions of how when you do something, how does that affect her? So if you say something a certain way or your behavior demonstrates something, see what her actions are as regard of it, in regards to it. So if, if you do something and it's a positive reaction, you know that probably evoked a good emotion in her, and you want to repeat that. If you've done something that it seems like she either responds neutrally or negative to, then you might want to correct that and say, you know, I might not want to do that again. But the key thing in this is just be really careful about evaluating too often. Um, it's, it'll be a lot like trying to lose weight and getting on the scale two or three times a day. You're going to be a pretty frustrated person at the end of that time. That's really true. But you know, every, everything you said is, is great and perfect and it's hard to do. Oh, it's very difficult. Especially when you're in the middle of an emotional situation. I mean, you know, and in, in all of the situations we work with, people are, are emotional in the sense there's something they're about to lose or there's a way they've been hurt or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's their marriage that's on the line. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to take even a full day to sit back and let it evaluate because while that day is still happening, that 24 hours in your mind, things are going crazy. Oh, without a doubt. And it's you know, hard. in a healthy relationship, Kimberly, we go through these same emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, so I interact with Shannon or you interact with Rob. And as you're interacting with them, you have a positive and negative interaction throughout the day. You might be talking about a bill or the kids or just whatever, right? Mm -hmm. The difference is that is the positive interactions in their totalness overrun or overtake Mm. the negative ones, right? Right. And you need about a five to one or four to one interaction that way. So we all go through it. The key in that is to make sure you don't get caught up and the roller coaster effect of it. Yeah. And uh, so you can stay on a long vision for it. That's good. Well, our next caller is Thanks, Travis. Steve from Georgia. Steve, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you today, Steve? How can we help you? Well, I'm, I'm all right for this depends on this, with the situation I'm going through. Um, I mean, just to keep it short, I mean, one of the things I was looking for is to see, I'm constantly trying to convince myself to keep on working on my marriage. Um, mm. I, I, just to keep it short, I went on a two year deployment, came back, but the deployment was both, you know, consensual. We both agreed to it to give our family some stability. Mm. And now for, I came back like in August and now for eight months now, I found out that my wife was having an affair with somebody mm. and I've been holding on for eight months, you know, and I, you know, your programs, your your videos and everything have been giving me a lot of strength to keep on going. You know, I'm talking, you know, doing the pies because I was mm-hmm. completely a mess. I mean, during my whole time, I like I was having medical issues, and then I found out my father died on top of everything, and everything just mm-hmm. came crashing. And like I went and I lost like 70 pounds in like two months. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he, I got better. I mean, I'm there and. Everything that my wife does is not her. It's mm-hmm. I, I've been with her for 20 years. And everything that she's doing is not 
her. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, on a positive note, I, I gave myself until this July because, I mean, I can't keep on doing this all the time. I understand she's going through the valley because she still sees him, you know, but I don't know when to stop. And, I mean, I've seen positives. She has told me, you know, that she doesn't see a future with him, that she says still see a future mm-hmm. with me, but she's still seeing him. And yeah. the main reason she together? went ahead. So uh, we are separated. She asked me, she said she wanted to separate and I would, I'm not the type of person that would throw my wife and my kids out on the street or, or even just my wife. You know, I, I see this, a lot of people counseling and everything have been telling me this is like an addiction for her. Um, and what kind of a husband would I be if I just threw out my wife, if she was like addicted to anything else, alcohol, drugs, or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm trying to stay strong for us, for my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my oldest child went ahead and 17 years old, and she proved she was my daughter because she researched everything <clears> and found everything out herself. And she confronted her mother and confronted the guy. Um, my son recently went ahead and figured stuff out too because, I mean, this guy has already pulled out a gun on me twice. Mm. Um, and... You know, like right now, I'm like, where where do I stop it? Like I said, she said she doesn't see a future with him because of the fact that he pulled out a gun and my kids were in front of me when he did it. So why did you give yourself the deadline of July? So I gave myself the deadline of July because I don't want it to go ahead and hurt my kids. I don't want it to continue to hurt me. I mean, I, I need to be positive and at the same time I know and I, I know my wife I know her like the back of my I know her better than I know myself and this is killing her she's an extremely religious person and she stopped going to church mm-hmm. she won't take communion she doesn't want to go to confession you know she knows and she constantly tells me I know what I'm doing is wrong she takes she used to take my youngest daughter to go and see his kids you know, and like, yeah. like she didn't know anything. And on one of them, I'm sorry, it's not a coincidence that while she's my youngest daughter's playing with his daughters, this daughter goes ahead and tells her, I, I don't want you to make you cry or anything, but do you know what a divorce is? Hmm. And at the same time, while he's, talk, while he's talking to her in another part of the area, he t- asked her, what would happen if my daughters tell your daughter something about what we're doing? It's not a coincidence. Yeah. Travis, let me ask you a question. Uh, so, so how can you, you definitely have a lot going on, buddy. And I feel I, I, my heart just goes out to you. Um, and, and you were deployed in the uh, military. Yes. Yeah. So there's a, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for our military. That's for sure. Um, and it's not exactly easy or even remotely mm-hmm, easy. On families, of course, Kimberly, you've experienced that with you and Rob being in the military for a while. Um, so I want to first say thanks for your service, and then commend you for for being able to stick with this um, this amount of time. Twenty years is a long time. You know what this really is, is centered around is um, is about the connection. Um, and I think the question you originally had in this was, well, well, when do I call it quits, or when do I stop? Does that sound accurate? Yes. All right. Well, the hard part in that is, is 
obviously there's no way we can tell you that because we have no idea of your history and situation. And even if I got it all, it would be pretty difficult for me to tell you that because I'm not you. We're not wired the same. We don't have the same uh, tenacity or commitment to movement and things like that. So here's what, what typically we tell our clients. Um, uh, number one is avoid making the decision to quit if you can based on a date. Mm-hmm. Okay. Based on a date. The reason behind him or the reasoning behind that is um, you, you don't necessarily know what's going on inside of your spouse at that time. And dates are somewhat arbitrary. Now, it's not uncommon for people to do that. They will say, hey, you know what, by February or the turn of the year. Um, and and it's, almost, it's almost the light at the end of the tunnel for folks when they do that. You know, I'm making this this is, it's got to stop. And I agree with you. You can't go on forever, so to speak, in, in the pain that you're in. The recommendation we make to people in regards to deciding when to quit or something like that is based on the energy or the ability you have things left. So what I mean by that is most of the time when people stop or they say enough, I'm done, is based on an event that happened. Mm-hmm. We got in a fight. I found this out. She did this. He did that. And although those are painful, it's typically not the best way to make a long-term decision right. because the feeling you have there is a short-term emotion. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And uh, yeah. like I, I let us in a, to your show a lot and, you know, everything you're saying, if you're seeing positives, you know, it, it's a good thing. And I mean, I see right. positives because she's mm-hmm. the one, you know, I found out a day before we were supposed to start counseling mm-hmm. and she's the one that asked me for counseling. Right. You know, she's the one, a lot of people tell me if she wanted to quit already, she would have asked me for a divorce a long time ago. And she says, right. I don't want a divorce yet. Yeah. You well, know? I, you know, and those appear to be good things. Let me be clear about something and that here's where this all rests. This all rests with you, my friend. Um, and this is one of the reasons we'll make a recommendation for you to catch, to connect with one of our coaches. What a coach will do for you is help make sure that you are conserving your energy in order to go longer in your stand. See, a lot mm-hmm. of times we are fighting battles that we shouldn't fight or don't need to fight or don't necessarily have any kind of bearing on where we currently are. And in doing that, we expend energy. Well, you only have so much, but And so at some point you run out and usually when people run out, they go, I can't do this anymore. All Mm -hmm. right. So if you can get with someone who can give you the right information, build up that energy, help you make sure you're not investing in the wrong places and that you're choosing the right kinds of boundaries, investing there, um, then your energy is going to go longer. Your ability to stand is going to be longer. The depth of pain that you experience is more likely to be more shallow than deep because you're not making yourself accessible sometimes by your own choices to the things that are there. So I really would, if, if there's any way you could get connected to one of our coaches, give our office a call and speak to them and say, I'd like to talk to one of the coaches and they can set you up. I think they'll help you there. Mm-hmm. On the quick version is one, um, I, I would not, if I were you and I'm not you, but if I was in a similar situation, I would not let a date be the definer. Mm-hmm. It would be when I am done. And when you are done, is not on an event, but rather you feel like, you know what? I don't feel like I want to do this anymore. And then I tell my clients, wait a month and then ask yourself that same question. And if you feel that time over a consistent period of time and it's not wrapped in emotion, and what I mean by it's not emotional decision, 
then then maybe that's the time you start investigating and looking to do it. Now, if there's danger there, if there's you know abuse there, if there's something like that, that's different. But we're talking in general in regards to the relationship. We'll be thinking about you, bud. We'll keep you in our prayers. And I just want to encourage you to give yeah. our give our office a shout and let's see if we can help you there with one of our coaches. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steve. You know, Jim, when I hear you talk about, well, just wait, wait a month, wait a couple of weeks, wait a month, and then reassess and do that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Playing devil's advocate, it's how could I possibly wait a month, Jim? Yeah. Everything's in shambles and I have to make a decision. I mean, this is what people mm-hmm. say, but I have to make a decision. I have to make something happen today or next week or, or whatever it is. And a lot of times people feel that pressure because maybe there's um, uh, some pending divorce papers that might be about to happen. And one of the things I love that, that we say at Marriage Helper is just because you're served divorce papers, number one, doesn't mean that a divorce has happened. No. And it doesn't mean that it may even happen. Or if even if it does happen, just because a divorce happens doesn't mean you can't get remarried. Oh, without a doubt. We you you can choose to make something the absolute end, the worst emergency in your head, or you can choose to see it as an opportunity for something else to happen. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kimberly. When, when we hear this question, one of the struggles we have, I think people have overall, is is they're not really working their pies. Yeah. Now, we say that a lot, and, and I hear from people going, I'm working my pies. But, you know, I've joked yeah. often, everybody um, gets the P and the S right. They say, I joined a gym and I joined a church. You know, I'm working everybody on my gets that, that straight. Yeah. And I think the part that, that most of us miss is the I and the E, mm-hmm. the intellectual and emotional part. And the emotional aspect is getting with and being around people who make you feel valued, that make you feel good. Now, the, the challenge I have there is don't get with people of the opposite sex and do that <laughs> because we know how love is right. a path. It's a process. Yeah. And you may find yourself in love with someone else, but rather get with people that can encourage you. That's the E. The I aspect on this, and, and this applies to more people than not, is they are obsessing over the relationship. In other words, mm-hmm. they're spending an inordinate amount of time processing what ifs and these type over things. Over-analyzing. And it is not healthy right. ever to do that. No one did that in their first part of the relationship. And when you do it now, it makes the time seem urgent. I've got to send this text now. I've got to call them now. I've got to make a decision now. That's that's the first thing that happens with obsession. The second thing that happens happens with obsession is we come in, uh, say, say we think like we know the majority of a situation. Mm-hmm. There are always gaps. Mm-hmm. And as human beings, we're uncomfortable with the gap. The oh, gap yeah. jacks us We want to know why. So we're going to fill it in. We gotta, it's got to make 10, sense. Oh, it's got to. And yeah. the gaps don't make sense. So seven out of 10 thoughts are negative in our thoughts every day, 50, 70,000 thoughts. And so what happens then is they is they fill that in with, with, with something negative, mm-hmm. at neutral at best. And you say, well, what does that do? Here's what it does. It makes me start developing problems that don't exist mm-hmm. or fighting problems that don't exist. Right. Or confronting them on things that aren't there, and that hinders the emotional connection, it expends our energy, all those different things. So obsessing over this will not help you. And I joke often with clients, and I'll say this, you got to get a hobby. Find something to do. I know it's captivating your mind, but get involved, do something that distracts your mind from the relationship, and it'll be a lot easier. Not easy, but easier. Easier. Yeah. That's right. Next caller we are going to is Ben from Kentucky. How are you today, Ben? Can you hear us? I can. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for asking. How can we help you today, Ben? Um, well, I just wanted to uh, maybe see if you could give me some, some tips or uh, let me uh, tell me to back off a little bit. Um, I've tried to follow the 
easy method um, to get my wife to agree to go to uh, to attend the workshop mm-hmm. and have gotten uh, some resistance. So I backed off, mm-hmm. waited a few months, uh, tried to approach the, uh, the, you know, the conversation again um, and, you know, ease myself into it and, again, got uh, – got some resistance and was told, absolutely not. I'm not willing to do anything um, mm-hmm. to work on the relationship. I'm done, and and that's it. You should just accept that this is what's happening. And mm-hmm. um, so I've I've been served with, uh, with divorce papers. I've got them. Um, nothing um, nothing outrageous or anything. It's, uh, you know, if, if it comes to that, it's something I can, I can agree to. But um, I feel like... Maybe I'm missing something, or you know, it, it, and I'm sure the resistance is probably pretty common on someone who, you know, on the the spouse that wants out. It's just, uh, right, you know, what you know, should I just back off and wait? Because uh, I feel like I know you just you all were just talking about the, uh, you know, the the sense of pressure and time, right. Um, but, um, you know, I'm kind of stuck here. Do I wait? Because I feel like I can't stall forever. Um, eventually it's going to be, uh, you know, you need to do this or or else type, type situation. So. Right. Well, if she is hesitant at this point or even if, I mean, if the conversation is not going well when you talk or bring up the workshop, then at this point, what is what is your reason for wanting her to go to the workshop with you? in the near future? What's, what's happened that's, I mean, other than the fact that you just want to go, is there any other reason that's going on? Uh, well, just, uh, you know, trying to, I feel like, uh, you know, at at this point we're at our lowest. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to find anything to kind of help build, you know, relationship Mm -hmm. skills, communication skills, anything, because you know, I guess I'm I'm an optimist here. I see if we're at the lowest, we can only go higher. You know, move mm-hmm. up from here. Yeah. And was looking to try to get any kind of help, any tools, any you know, anything that would that would make things better. You know, to mm-hmm. me that I'm I'm looking for that. You know, I'm not afraid to admit that I've been wrong and you know, it's, have right. done things wrong and and maybe I do need help. So. Uh, I was looking at the you, at the workshop as something to to help that with. Yeah, where do you think her what is her reluctance at this point? So not just for the workshop, but what is her reluctance in um, getting any kind of help right now for your marriage? What's her answer to that? Um, she just says that she's done. She's uh, so you she's know, just done. She's just done. She just wants to be alone. She doesn't want to be in any relationship. Um, we don't have any kind of, we've never had any trust issues. Uh, we get mm-hmm. along. We're good friends still, um, unless we're talking about the relationship itself. Um, we've got kids, so, you know, we want to keep things cordial, and um, I don't want to get anything, you know, even though I don't want the divorce, I don't want anything to kind of mm-hmm. get nasty or anything like that. So I'm trying to, uh, right. you know, be calm and and, you know, respectful the whole the whole situation um but right. she just feels like um you know she made up her mind you know a while back that she just doesn't want to want to be married and um doesn't have any you know i guess any feelings towards me in a uh relationship side so. 
did something happen that that led her to feel this way? Um, no, well, I mean, uh, something you know, things did obviously, but um, you know, it it was a a slow build <clears throat> over time. Um, mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, and I, I I can't pinpoint any one thing. Um, you know, some of it was uh, just the way that. I'm kind of carefree, um, and she's a little more structured. Um, so, you know, the way I handled, uh, money, it wasn't, you know, a lot of, it wasn't like dead or anything like that. It was just, um, maybe our points of view didn't match up all the time. Yeah. One of the things, uh, when we get this question and we get this question a lot, the people who call into our office, of course, they, they're wanting to come to the workshop or get coaching or do something because ultimately people in your situation, they just want to see movement. They, I mean, they're wanting to see movement in a positive direction in their marriage. Um, but when we start approaching our spouses about this subject, especially if they're resistant, if they're reluctant, if they're wanting out for whatever reason, um, the, one of the problems, one of the issues, the obstacles we can run into, as you have noticed, is, well, they are, they don't want to do it. And so the question we always ask here at Marriage Helper in helping those people work through it is, well, why? What is that? Where is that resistance coming from? I don't think that you should continue to push or talk or ask your wife to go to the workshop if it's something she's not open to at this time, because I don't think that's headed down the road that you're wanting to head towards of having positive communication, positive experiences, Certainly. you know, getting your marriage to be better than it was. Um, and I'd love to, I'd love Jim to speak to this too, but if there's a reason that she's wanting out, if she's done, and there's a reason that she says she's done, then probably your better move at this point is going to be to figure out the why to that and start working on what you can on your end to rebuild in some way, either her trust or her confidence in you, or even just the basic foundation of your relationship to where you maybe aren't talking about the problems in your marriage, but you're able to talk and have positive communications and conversations before you even get to the point where you ask her to spend three days with you. I mean, that's a big ask for someone Mm -hmm. who says that they want out and that they're done. And it could be that she feels, I don't know, cause I'm not her and I haven't been in the room with the conversation, but it could be that she's simply feeling like you're not listening to me. I'm telling you I'm done. And you keep asking me to do this thing with you. And it's not that you can't come to the workshop in the state you're in. We have people do it all the time, mm-hmm. but it's, it's more of an art than a science yeah. with every single person. Yeah. I wish it was just a black and white answer. I'm not going to lie. My yeah. Friend. I, yeah. I, I, I could barely add anything to it other than what Kimberly just said. And this is about positive emotional connection, which mm-hmm. is translated to influence right now. You have limited influence in our life at some point you did, but right now because of either life and our circumstances or situations, um, your influence is limited. Okay, fine. Well, how do you gain influence? It's, it's rapport. It's, it's, it's investing in the positive emotional connection. It's the E aspect yeah. of the pies. And so my encouragement for you right now in agreement with Kimberly is that um, I don't think you have to keep asking. She knows that's there. So it's yeah. not like she's going to forget about it in the next two or three weeks. Right. Rather invest in the, the, um, the perception she has of you. Mm-hmm. Remember, even if her perception is wrong, it's her reality. Okay. And so if mm-hmm. it's her reality, why don't we just show something that may be different than that? And uh, I love what Kimberly just said about that. Continue to ask. And someone says no, 
um, actually can be perceived as disrespect. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so taking your time to invest in that way, it sounds like you have a good relationship outside of that. I mean, really invest in that situation. Now, if, if, if all of a sudden it's like the divorce papers have been served and then the divorce is pending in two weeks or three weeks or a month or whatever, um, we have seen people actually use the divorce to be able to say, okay, well, look, you know, I, I don't want to sign this, but here's a negotiation. If you go to the workshop with me, um, I'll sign the divorce. Um, and we see people come and be a part in that kind of thing. Of course, that's kind of the atomic option. I, I don't yeah. think I would start with that. I think well. the key here is you – trying your best to develop some positive emotional influence mm-hmm. so that she feels safe and trust and trusts that you're not trying to manipulate her in some way. Absolutely. Thank you so Certainly. much for I calling Ben. Yes, yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. All right. Next we're going to go to Anup in Texas. I think I pronounced it right. Anup, are you there with us? Yes. Hi, how are you today? How can we help you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Well, uh, actually, uh, my wife and I are graduates of um, uh, your program. Um, so uh, just to make a story short, a few months ago, she had served a divorce paper. She wanted mm-hmm. divorce and um, was because I really pushed her to. Uh, it was part of my fault. And then um, the... I told her I don't want divorce, and time went by, and now, last few months, we've been probably the closest we've ever been. We're doing really well together, and she wants to remove the divorce petition. Now, awesome. my That's question, great. the reason I called, yeah. Hi, Jim. How are you? <laughs> hey, Anup. Jim, I knew I, I recognized your voice. It's so good to hear from you again, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, now, I just want to know what how to tread this water, basically what not mm-hmm. to do, uh, not to blow up. Um, it seems, you know, we're doing really good. We are planning futures. We're actually going on vacation uh, next month to Iceland for 10 days. That's great. So, so I think uh, things are positive, but I have a lot of doubts. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just, I guess, some direction, how not to screw up. <laughs> That's a, I like how he put it. I was going to say. Help me not uh, screw up. He's speaking my language right, right now. Uh, no, it is so good to hear from you again, buddy, and I'm glad to hear this. That is for sure. Well, you know you're a graduate of our workshop, so mm-hmm. you do know that um, we have a, a place in there that gives you some of the steps of reconciliation, right, um, and how to move forward. We're talking there about softness and getting rid of the hardness and things like that, and I won't go into it because you already have that info, and I think following that um, that type of an outline is going to be very helpful for you. Now, let me be clear in what I said. I didn't say sitting down and reading through it together and making that reconciliation. I think so many times people try to um, to academically work a relationship instead of living their relationship, right? And so what I would encourage you to do is um, is have a conversation. There are probably some things that we call must-haves, and these are the minimum requirements. I need and must have these things in a relationship in order to feel loved, liked, and respected. If you remember the Gottman um, compromise circle method, that's the rigid area. It's the areas that you, um, you say, I can't compromise in here and still be me. Those are usually one or two things. They're not a lot, and you may have already done that. So if you've done that discovery phase, the next part of reconciliation is really a negotiation. It is what, um, 
what do what would make you feel more safe? What could I do to reach out and help you feel better? And if each one of you do that towards the other, um, it creates a stronger bond. You're actually, um, 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 like as it were, giving a, a nourishment to the emotional aspect of the pies in that arena. I promise you, you are going to screw up. But you're, that's just what happens in relationships, okay? Um, and, and so, so that's going to happen. Once that does occur, is really being intentional about the emotional connection following the conflict. That means re- remember there there are multiple studies out there that say it's not how you fight, the 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 method in which you you fight or repair. Um, or even mm-hmm. if you even resolve the issues that make a difference you know, from couples who reported having um, satisfactory or happy marriages. Mm-hmm. What matters is the ability to reconnect emotionally in a positive way following the event or the conflict. Right. And so instead of ruminating and getting those things that you get together and people take responsibility for it and you have a well-organized plan to not repeat whatever that offense is. So I think the discussion is really important for you guys to move ahead in regards to reconciliation. You have some of the materials. Um, and then the last thing I would recommend there is that, you know, get back in, in, in contact with us and maybe set up some, some coaching for the both for you and your wife to be able to, to, to just kind of do a, as it were, a, 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 a what do you call it? A checkup. And so you work through mm-hmm. now. I know we've, we've worked together. It doesn't necessarily have to be me. It could be one of our other coaches, but mm-hmm. for you guys to be able to just um, to someone to be able to help you and be a third party to walk through that. Absolutely. And my encouragement would be to go into this with optimism, not mm-hmm. necessarily being naive about it. It's not going to go perfectly. Just as Jim said, <laughs> you're going to screw up. She's going to screw up. I mean, you're not going to have every day be a perfect day. Uh, our one girl on our team, Amber, she said, I wish so much that when my husband came back that it was just like the movies, the fairy tale, him coming through the door, sweeping me off my feet, <laughs> and it's happily ever after from there. And she said, Kimberly, it just wasn't. And yeah. it, it didn't look like that, and it took months for it to even get to the place where we you know, felt those feelings of mm-hmm. love towards each other again. So don't be naive in that it's going to be perfect to begin with, but also don't go into it expecting it to be terrible either or that there's – or that it's not real or that at any point it could all break and fall down because mm-hmm. that's going to affect your, the way that you react to things and you're not going to be your, yourself in those moments. So that's my encouragement. Thank you for yeah. calling, Anna. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks very much. Appreciate it, Jim. Yeah, Bubba, Kimberly, good to hear from you again. Absolutely. All right, next we have Ashley from Ohio. Ashley, can you hear us? Um, yes. Ashley, are you there? Hello? Yes, hello? Hi, Ashley. How can we help you today? Can you hear me? Now we can. Yeah, speak close to the speaker or to the microphone and we can hear you. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, So, do you have any suggestions of dealing with... My, um, I have a 13-year-old. We went to the workshop, and afterwards, he kind of used it all to, um, I guess, vilify me and say, I mean, one of his things were, so you see, understand why we're where we're at. So he never wanted to work on anything, but now he hadn't even filed for divorce. And um, my children, my 13-year-old, He's always been kind of angry, child mm-hmm. anyway. Um, 
he wants to have the other woman, um, I guess, around him. And I don't know. I mean, my 13-year-old, he's, the anger issues are pretty severe. Like, I, um, he's like, you know, typical teenage um Hormonal, I guess, you know. <laughs> and I just don't know. I mean, because dealing with him and then having his dad, and not only that, his dad, I think he was a preacher. So he used it to, I think, he tried to extra vilify me, I guess. Um, and now he's even doing that to my kids, you know, saying, well, your mom pushed me to do this. And I mean, basically just so what I think I'm understanding you saying is there's a little bit of wind or something in the background. So I'm, I think yeah, I'm hearing I'm all of what you're saying. I understand. Um, so you're wondering how, so your husband is vilifying you towards your son and you're right. wondering what your response would be or how you should, should you, Defend yourself yeah. to your son. Is that kind of what you're wondering here, and how much you should well, share that, of it? And um, he is now um, taking my son. It's he's like he, my son was. Um, he actually used to be in a Christian school. Um, since all this, he's been taken out. So he's literally, he's angry because of that too. And you know, he, um, if you ask him if he has any friends, he says not anymore. And um, I guess after he's been sitting, sitting through, his dad even preached a message on marriage less than a year ago that my son had sent through, and now he's mm. wanting to have my kids at his apartment, and I'm pretty sure from what my son is telling me that she's moved in, and he does not want to go there, because mm. almost 14 years old, that's, you know, kind of not how he's mm-hmm. been raised, and He's been taken yeah. away from everything he's been raised on. Right. So who's put, so could you, I mean, my, just hearing that, my response to you would be, well, you shouldn't force your son to do anything he doesn't want to do. If he doesn't want to go right. over there, um, you know, while she's there, then I wouldn't force him to do right. that. But I'm guessing there's more to it than just that. Um, either well, yeah, he has to be over there because of well. agreement. Mm-hmm. Well, um, actually, no, because there is a lot more to it. I, um, right now, he doesn't necessarily have to be because there's a restraining order. Um, but I don't know, you know, if I should try to make it so he's not around this other woman. I mean, he's 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 pretty angry. When I say pretty, ang- my kid's pretty angry. He's he's like gets violent, you know what I mean, and, but he doesn't show any of that, his dad doesn't see any of that, and he doesn't, his dad don't recognize any of that, or validate any of his mm-hmm. feelings, or, right. Well, it sounds like you said earlier that, that this, his, his behavioral struggles um, are not acute, or, or not, rather, um, did not, or not onset with um, the affair or with the separation of you and your husband, but rather he struggled oh, with that for a little bit. Is that accurate? That is accurate, and it has okay. gotten worse. Right. 
Well, a lot of times behavioral things are, um, you know, they're exacerbated by circumstances and events that are around them, right? Because of the pressure and the things there. And, and being, it was a long time ago when I was 13. Let me be clear about that. Um, uh, I do remember some of the 13-year-old struggles as you do start hitting, as you said, those hormones. And, and if you complicate that with some behavioral issues and then events within the life that are, are somewhat, you know, stressful, very stressful for a, a young man to go through that. Um, I want to encourage you to not, in your own mind, this is important, to not associate his anger with what's happening now. Now, there may be some – it may be relative to it, okay? But the reason I'm encouraging you to do this is if you begin to associate his current anger with the current situation, then it's going to make uh, – or it's going to tend to lead you to make more drastic decisions in regards to your son's association with your husband and the other woman. Does that make sense? It, it does, and I try okay. to just keep that in mind too, but um, yeah. this is only like the second time. he. Right. Um, He's never even been introduced to this woman, okay. and he was kind of <clears throat> just sprung on him that she was going to be there, and <clears throat> he was now on the couch. Right, right. And well, uh, so, here's what I, I want to I want to be careful of, and that's this: is I don't know all the situation here, so I'm trying to give you some 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 kind of a little larger view things to help you make good decisions. So that first thing is is, is just don't link the current situation to a longstanding behavioral problem that your son has been having. I'm sure it's making it a little bit worse or worse, um, but be careful about associating it that way. The second thing is, um, is, is don't make this situation with your husband. And this is all about what's happening between your ears. Um, don't make this woman, this is, I'm going to ask you to pause and just listen for a second. Don't make her the problem. That she, unless she's a drug addict or a child molester or something like that, don't don't make her this evil human, so that you now have an evil person you have to protect your son from. This is about how you think, okay? Now, look, has she got issues? I'm sure she does, uh, but rather see her as flawed. I'm not trying to get you to become friends with her. I'm trying to help you gain control over your emotions so you do not overreact to the situation and end up fighting a battle that, frankly, you may not be able to win. Does that make sense? So the key in there, Ashley, is I, I want to encourage you to stay really focused on what's at hand and what you have control over. What you do have control over is your actions and how you speak about your husband. What you do have control over is how you behave with your son. And one of the things I have found to be true that people can, can talk you know, stuff about you and make lies about you all they want, but the folks that are around you and witness different won't believe it. They're going to realize that this doesn't make any sense. So you don't have to worry about really overly defending yourself and things like that with your with your son. More just be careful and think to yourself about, um, um, I'm not going to fight a battle that I may not be able to win here. Um, if your son doesn't want to go, then he needs to communicate that to your husband. 
um, and and you can support him in that, especially if there's some kind of restraining order with it. Um, but the biggest deal for me here is your reaction to things. How can you keep your emotions in control so you don't make this bigger? You can't control your husband or the other woman or even your son, but you can control whether or not you bring water to this fire or gas to this fire. And, and I just want to encourage you to try to get a hold of that. And if your son doesn't have um, someone to talk to, uh, maybe get him some kind of emotional um, support or help with someone who's qualified to speak with um, a young man or, or children or teenagers that way. You're in a very difficult spot. I'm really sorry for that. And uh, But these are some things that could help. Yeah. That's awesome, Jim. Thank you so much. Next, we're going to go to Jeff in Virginia. Jeff, are you there? Hi, y'all. Hi. Yes, I'm here. How, hey, how can we help today? you today? Pretty Great. good. Thank so you. Um, I've, I've been married for 23 years. And um, my wife and I are currently separated. I'm, I'm living, living away from the home. We have three kids at the house. Um, my wife has had a tendency over the years to diagnose and self-diagnose quite often. Mm. Uh, in this case right now, she has decided to diagnose me as a narcissistic personality disorder, um, to which my therapist completely disagrees. She actually made an appointment with my therapist on her own to go wow. tell him that I am a narcissistic personality disorder, and I just don't know how to combat that. Um, that yeah. That's a terrible, terrible human being that is a narcissistic personality disorder, and that's, mm. that's it's the new fad right now. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of people diagnosing their spouses as narcissists. Yeah, I, I believe that. I, I see these little bumper sticker slogans all over, you know, Facebook and social media everywhere, and, and I. I comment on them often. I'm like, you cannot, everybody has narcissistic tendencies. Every human being oh, yeah. has some yeah. narcissistic tendency, but to label somebody as that is really um, right. a, a real narcissistic personality disorder is really a terrible human being who thinks of no one but themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I can't, I, I just can't even convince her in any other way. And, you know, this is, this is the same woman that I've supported through starting her own business. I supported her through, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be at home with the kids for the last seven years. I've, given her mm -hmm. every material thing she's ever asked for. I realized my mm -hmm. mistake of not supporting the emotional side. I, I've really failed there. I know I did. Um, I, I certainly have had my shortcomings as a husband. Believe me, I, I know. Um, but I just, I'm just looking for some kind of advice to get through to her that she should, yeah. one, should not be diagnosing me, and two, um, yeah, shouldn't diagnose anybody. She's not a doctor or a therapist. <laughs> But you said this has been this isn't just a one time thing. You said she does she's done this a couple of times throughout the years. Well, and with herself you know, she's, as well. She's, di she's diagnosed me with everything from scarlet fever to uh, <laughs> to borderline personality disorder at one point to narcissistic mm -hmm. personality disorder. You know, uh, my, my wife has um, she's got quite the range, and you know she's um, she's a very intelligent woman. She really is. Jeff, how have you how have you um, combat that in the in the past? So if this has happened a number of times, well, how have you, you know, found resolution there? So, so here's what's interesting: the resolutions I had in the past were what she considers now gaslighting, where I would say that's hmm. just crazy. Um, you're you're not qualified to do that. Now I should have been mm -hmm. much more sensitive about. It. I understand that to say, listen, I understand these are your opinions and that that you've formed this idea through some research, but really you're not, you're not qualified to do these things. You should really leave that to the professionals. Um, but it's too late for me to have that response now, because that would be the same thing in her mind. Another example of gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, uh, you know, I, my experience with this is typically you do not reason with people uh, intellectually, and I'm not saying your wife is intellectual. Let me be clear about that. But you don't reason with people intellectually and convince them they are wrong in this situation. Um, so, you know, you're not qualified, things like that. Um, most of them necessarily are will, will either in mentally or emotionally give a response to the effect of, well, yeah, it's not me doing it, though. There was a quiz I took or I talked to someone. Yeah. Or right. Here's what I read. So so it's oh, really much. just said she did 10 years of research. Well, okay. Wow. And yeah. So, so with that being in mind, you know, I don't think you're going to have a conversation that all of a sudden she's going to go, you know what? Wow, Jeff, I never thought of that. That was really, you know, wise of you. And you're, I don't think you're a narcissist anymore. Um, Rather sometimes with these things, and it's why I asked you what you did in the past. Sometimes uh, with these type things, uh, one of my, my favorite books says where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And and so one of those things is 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 you might want to consider not bringing more wood to the fire, and that means trying to fight, it, um, trying to convince her out of it, trying to get her where she's you know sees how right you are, because um, you may just be bringing more wood there. Rather, uh, step back for a minute and let your behavior forget about your words, but let your behavior let things be different. Um, now this is not a quick process. Um, this takes um, intention. You have to be very intentional about it, and you have to be really far-sighted on it, looking down the road and realize that consistency over time um, typically helps people get a perception of behavior. And so you may start doing things um, that you might be aware of that she has assessed narcissism to a little bit differently, um, speaking different, using different words, watching how you confront, these type things. And then as you're doing that, at first, she's not going to recognize it. Um, and then there, you can't go, hey, you know, have you noticed the last two, two weeks I've been doing this? Those things don't work. You don't, you don't advertise or market it. You basically just do it, right? At some point, they are going to be confronted with the difference of behavior. I don't know when it's going to be. I wish I could tell you, but they will. At right. that point in their mind, they start asking themselves, uh, is that what it really is? And, and here's where it, it can get really hard, and that is in the beginning, it was – they weren't aware of it. They weren't attentive to it. Once they recognize it, it's not like they go, wow, that's different. They go, I'm not sure that's real, and their awareness right. and actually attention is stronger on you, so it is very possible – that the scrutiny becomes higher at that point. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's so you've been good. So you've been what doing I've been well. Let's say for a in month. the past few weeks. Um, I'm sorry. Uh huh. No, you're good. So um, so here's yeah. what happens. You may have been doing it well for a month, two months, and then all of a sudden they're noticing it, and then they go, hmm, and now they start paying more attention to you. So that's where that consistency and the habit of, of doing these right things is important. And then they'll come to a place where they go, hmm, that is happening. Um, I wonder how long it'll last. And, and they, they go through this process eventually to the place where they'll go, I think that's what's happening. Let me investigate on it. Unfortunately, this is not a rapid process. There's no way to microwave it. It takes quite – it's like making – I don't know how old you are, and you don't have to tell me, but back when I was a kid, we used to make sun tea. You know, you stuck the water out in the sun, and you put the yep. tea in it, and, you know, eight hours later, you got some tea. Uh, it was it was a neat little gimmick, uh, but, it, it you know, you, you, you weren't going to drink anything for a while, right? Well, the struggle with this is you're not going to get any tea for a while on this. It's going to take a minute for this to happen, and you're going to have to live consistently and, and, and 
follow the truth of what you know, which is you're not a narcissist. You're not diagnosed that way. You're a good human. You're jacked up in some ways, just like I am. Um, but, but guess what? That's not who you are. So just live who you are. Be careful about the perception that's being created. And then at the same time, just don't fight it. I don't believe you're going to win in fighting this. And when I say by win is gain that influence. Okay. And in doing so, I think you're going to get a little more help on the atomic version of this. This is why I always think of last steps or something like that, Kimberly, which is at some point, and I wouldn't do this right away, but maybe over a period of time, maybe even if she brings it up, what if you volunteered to go to a therapist and have them assess you? And then in that assessment, now she's not arguing with you. She has to be confronted right. with a professional that does this and then the diagnosis of you. And I'm pretty confident I'm not a therapist. I don't even play one on TV, and I haven't even stayed at a Holiday Inn Express lately. All I want to say is that uh -huh. I'm pretty confident you're not a narcissist, and uh, and and that's going to have some key in it. But it's not going to be the thing that will prove it. It will be after she sees it differently. All right, buddy? Well, I, I appreciate the advice. I really do. Um, and uh, I hope you all have a great day. Thank, Thank you, so you man. We'll keep you in your thoughts and uh, stay focused on that long game. Thank you for calling yeah, us. Absolutely. That's hard. Uh, it, this is really hard. And Kimberly, you know, I bet you we get, Yeah. I, I, I bet, I, well, I'm not going to give a statistic, but the amount of phone calls and the amount of times we hear either on our Facebook pages mm -hmm. or things like that of my wife's a narcissist, my husband's a narcissist. And the thing that is really, really disheartening for me is, is we have a number of, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, professionals. Mm -hmm out there who are speaking to one of the, the mm -hmm. a spouse, the husband or wife, and the husband or wife gives a, a, um, a, a description of who their, yep. their spouse is. And then this, this therapist breaks all the ethics that we've been taught, breaks everything there, everything. never met the person and then diagnoses them at this. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's really horrible. It's really bad. And, and, and I'm sorry about that. I wish we could do something about it. I know that Joe has been working with some therapists and trying to do some things mm -hmm. where we can bring better clarity to folks who have a good heart, who want to work with people. Um, but they might be jumping the gun a little bit on diagnosing someone out there with that kind of thing. And it's a yeah. very dangerous uh, uh, piece of what folks are doing today. I mean, I, I understand that if you're a wife or a husband, you're, you're, unhappy, your marriage is in trouble, whatever, and you're looking for an answer. We talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand wanting to find an answer, but when you diagnose your spouse as being mentally ill mm -hmm. or having some kind of person, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And that affects the way you see them, Every the way you treat them. And then just as a public service announcement, if you have a therapist you're going to, and like Jim said, you tell them, here's how my husband is, here how, here's how my wife is, and they've never met your spouse, and they tell you that your spouse has something wrong with them, yeah. you are going to the wrong counselor. Yeah, cancel the check. Yeah, like <laughs> you need to leave because there is no way that they could ethically, morally, even if they had a bit of wisdom in their mind, that they could actually diagnose someone that they've never met. You can't do that. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I tell you what, we do have a resource that actually Joe and I did a video not yeah. too long ago, and perhaps um, Jesse and the team could put a, a link on that for you uh, in regards to narcissism and maybe um, I think my spouse is a narcissist. I, I can't remember the exact title, but we'll see if we can get that put up for you for folks to be able to check that out. But the key thing is here, if as soon as you get a perception of someone, it will validate everything you think. You will yep. start seeing yep. those things where it doesn't exist. That's right. you know, I'll give this real quick and shut up. But real quick, when I, wanted, when I bought my car, no one had my car. 
I was so excited. I'm like, I'm getting a car nobody has. I can't wait to get this car. And, and here's what was so weird. I bought my car and drove off the, the lot, mm-hmm. and it's like they had a special on my car because everybody Everyone bought had my it. car. All of a okay? Everywhere I went, it yep. was my car. And the only, you know what that is. The only difference is an awareness. Mm-hmm. I was looking for, I saw it, and yep. now it's there. And that's what it is once we get a perception. Mm-hmm. Um, something that could be completely innocuous or completely neutral becomes right. weighted to that side when right. we think that way. Right. And it's not just with, with that. I mean, it could be that if you think your spouse is having an affair and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you are seeing things that may or may not be true. Right. And you're saying, well, that's what that is. Without I mean, it goes in every aspect of it, not just that. <laughs> all right, Jim, we have time for one more caller, Great. if that is okay with you. Anne from Arkansas. Anne, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Hey, Anne. Doing great. Doing well. How can we help you? Okay, um, I have been applying all of the pies to the best that I actually know how, and mm-hmm. it kind of feels that my husband is kind of still, um, he kind of comes around, and then he pulls back, and then he comes back around, and then he pulls back again, and I just don't want to be a fool. Um, he mm-hmm. tells me that he loves me. He tells me he still wants to be here. But then at the same time, I have found out that he still hides things. He still lies. And I just don't know what to do. Um, I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm maybe not doing the pies, like, in the right way. I don't know if there's something else that I actually need to do. Because he just kind of comes back and forth. And I just don't want to be a fool. I just don't want to be misled. And, you know, kind of um, thinking that things are actually going to get better if maybe they're just really not. And Mm. I am just stuck. Mm. How long has this been for? Um, This has been going on for the last couple of months. Um, About four months ago, he had told me that he was done. He told me that he wanted out. Um, He actually did try to leave. Um, I started to apply the pies as fast as I could. I do Mm -hmm. believe that they have helped. Um, He is Mm -hmm. still here. And kind of what's um, kind of what's really weird about the whole thing, ever since that had kind of happened, he told me that he has seen a lot of positive changes and whatnot. And we hadn't been, you know, um, we hadn't you know, kind of like even like hugged the other one in a long, long time. And when he started to kind of come back around, you know, we, we kind of started to hug again. And, you know, we've, we've actually also a few times, you know, we've, um, we've kind of, I guess, kind of had a slight little bond. And that's the hard part because I feel like I'm starting to kind of see him for who he really was years ago. But I just don't want to be played for a fool because, you know, he just kind of still keeps coming around, but then he leaves again. And then he comes around and then he leaves. And he he is not aware that I know that he is hiding things from me because I happen to be finding all of this out without him knowing. So I do know that that's not the right way to kind of go about things, but mm-hmm. he's not kind of coming to me you know, 
and kind of letting me in. I mean, he does every now and then, but he really does still hide quite a lot. And I do feel that there is an LO. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I do feel it. Well, Anne, and just from just from hearing what you're saying, and I know that you're mm-hmm. living in it, and it's hard because it's been mm-hmm. yes. several months, a few months, and it's hard to go day in and day out watching those actions of his and wondering, does he mean it? Does he not? But from everything that yes. you're saying, it sounds to me like your pies are working. I think this is a, it sounds like there's some positive movement in you. You're focusing on that. That's what you're doing. Um, you're still together. You're still in the same house. And while the vacillation is hard, I mean, it's not the worst that it could be. He hasn't moved out. He hasn't shut you down. There's okay. still communication. They're still talking there. I have no way to know what your husband is doing, what he's thinking, um, and what his actions or, or intentions are. But mm-hmm. the thing that we do know is that you can work on you and work on those pies like you have mm-hmm. been doing. Um, I love how Jim talks about it of assessing how, when you assess mm-hmm. your pies, how they're doing. Um, I've heard you mention this to clients and things before, and I'm, would like for you to talk about it. <laughs> well, I, I, the pies, the pies are, are, are amazing. And again, the, mm-hmm. the thing about this is really keeping in mind that the, the pies are primarily about you becoming the right person yeah. for this relationship. And so okay. if you begin to assess whether or not your pies are working mm-hmm. based on his response, right. you're probably not going to be happy. Yeah. All right. It's, 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 it's not a good idea. Um, what you okay. really want to do is assess the pies on how you are growing as a human, as you're becoming the best potential or reaching rather the best potential of you. Mm-hmm. And so physically, the best you where you are in this stage of time in life and intellectually, you're doing something that's stimulating your thoughts. You're not obsessing over the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally, you're in and around and with people who make you feel loved, liked and respected. Um, and spiritually, um, you're living in conjunction or in connection rather with your belief and values. If you're a, a Christian, um, then you know, that's getting with God and getting close uh, with your spiritual um, connection with God. God in your faith. Now that's super important. And then the secondary mm-hmm. aspect comes from that is he sees something different in you. So it's not like you start using the pies and then once he notices, notices them, you quit. We really should be doing that our entire relationship and our entire life mm-hmm. because it's okay. not about the relationship. It's about being me, the right person for this relationship. Oh, and if you do that, when uh, your spouse turns towards you, um, it's not two of you that are basket cases at that point. You know what I mean? You're in a good place okay. to help. And in my relationship with Shannon, Kimberly, one of the power thing, uh, powerful things about that is I was a total wreck when I came home. Mm. And Shannon had been such an expert at working mm-hmm. her pies for her, not for me. In fact, for two or three months, we, we didn't even see each other. So her pies had little or zero effect for me to be able to witness. Yeah. But she became the best potential for her, for her, right? She had to do it for her. Yeah. And in doing that, she was healthy all around mm-hmm. so she could handle what was coming for her and handle the okay. situation. So the pies are important there. One of the things that kept sticking out to me while you were speaking, my friend, and and, and, mm-hmm. and I hope I hope we could connect on this so that, and I hope you'll hear how I'm saying it, was you about five or six times you said, I don't want to be a fool. Mm. And yes. I don't think, I don't think anybody wants to be a fool. I really don't. So, so you're in good company. I sure don't want to be a fool. I think the, the, 
the struggle here or the challenge there is if that becomes one of your motivations, you're going to be less likely to take a risk and more likely to look for evidence that you're being a fool. Okay. Okay. And so you have to kind of come to a decision that says, do I want my relationship? Am I willing to take enough risk in this relationship and carry this as much as I can in order to give it its best possible solution? Or am I going to protect myself from looking stupid? I don't know that you can get okay. both. And, okay, and that so, actually makes sense. Yeah, I'm good because I just made it up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, in, in this thing, <laughs> it's really important. I don't know that you can guard yourself that much. And I've heard people say that a lot, Kimberly. They'll say mm -hmm. clients or people we're working with, they'll say things like, you know, I want to do this, but I'm scared I'm going to get hurt. And You're you know what? That's a, that's, that's yeah. a legit fear. And we yeah. all have that. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that if it becomes, it becomes, if we're not careful, a barrier that actually keeps us from mm -hmm. taking the risks that intimacy requires for me to take a brick out off the wall that separates me from the person I'm trying to get close to mm -hmm. takes a risk. Yeah. And I'm not going to take that brick down if I'm concerned about what they're going to do with it. All right? right. So, so I'm not telling you to have blind faith. I'm not telling you to just throw care to the wind. All I'm saying is mm -hmm. you're going to have to mm -hmm. choose something to have a priority. Mm -hmm. And that priority, I'm afraid if it, it, you're very concerned about being that, now maybe some friends have warned you about it or people have told you about it. And I get that. Nevertheless, my, my real encouragement for you here is Decide what you're willing to do with that. Are you worried about protecting your image, your reputation, or what people think about you? Or are you willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go 100% towards my husband and see what I can do. And you know what, it may not work out. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you were a fool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just means it didn't work out. Okay. Uh, the second thing I'm going to add there is stop snooping. If you're snooping, mm -hmm. you are sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Okay. okay? Now you, you do what you want. But I'm telling you, you're not doing something that's going to help you. And I don't even have to elaborate on it, but it will not help you. It will frustrate you in the long run. And the last thing is an okay. encouragement for you, and that is this. There are amazing, dedicated people who want to do the right thing, so to speak, who vacillate. And what I mean by that, it is very possible, in fact, in fact probable, that your husband is in a place where in himself he's having a, a dissonance, a disharmony. Um, he, he's afraid. And so he's vast. It could be. I'm not saying he's doing this, but it is not uncommon for people to vacillate in being connected and then withdrawing based on their own fears. And not that they're trying to hide anything or they're trying to pull something over your, your head, so to speak, but rather in their own fears, they they move closer and back up based on how they feel. So, so I would be careful about how you're evaluating and judging the vacillation and maybe step back for a minute and say, you know what? How about I just start looking for things that are positive and pursue that and have less care towards whether or not I'm going to be a fool or not? Because I don't think you're a fool. I think you're okay. an amazingly powerful, strong human who has vision to see their relationship restored. And uh, some people would say just by that by itself, you're a fool. Because mm -hmm. I hear people all the time going, shoot, if they did this, they're gone or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's how it is. Yeah. So you're not a fool. You're a powerful, wise person okay. moving towards it. Just don't let things distract you from that. Be careful about that pride issue. And I'd say focus on what you want and go for that. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm just believing really good things for you. Yeah. Thank okay? you so much, Anne. Okay. Thank you Thank for calling, you my so friend. Much. Mm -hmm. Thank if you, you don't have one of our coaches, I want to encourage you to, to get with them. And that's anybody paying attention to listen. Yeah. You say, well, all you guys are trying to do is make some money. Are you trying? No, no, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying uh, to help we're trying you. To do is help you. 
And right. we have very qualified and good people who can help you make better decisions mm-hmm. to move you towards your vision and your goal. And I would encourage you to give us a call here at Marriage Helper, yeah. ask about our coaching program. And, and we have some great men and women. I think that'd be able to help you make some better decisions. We really do. We have a great team here and we're available for you at any time. If you want to call our office, ask about our coaching, our online courses, our workshops, whatever it is you might be interested in, you can always give us a call. Our number toll free is 866-903-0990, but we're also available all the time, even when we're at home sleeping, getting ready for the next day of work. Um, We're available on our website. You can go to marriagehelper.com. You can see all of our articles and things there, but also on YouTube, we have a ton of great videos that have been released there, as well as going back through our podcast that are on iTunes or on Google Play. So we really do want to help. That's why we exist. That's why we wake up each day. Our team is passionate about helping you, about helping your marriage to be the best that it can be. But no matter what, to help you as a person become the best that you can be, no matter what might happen in the future. Jim? It was awesome being here. Thanks Thank for the you. privilege and opportunity to be there. And uh, and um, we're pulling for you. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to helping more folks. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.